Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins and Death Podcast. I'm Daniel Yabusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. And you definitely want to be subscribed to the Miami Herald. That one. Yeah, uh, because the Dolphins just wrapped up uh, their final cuts to get to their initial 2023 53-man roster. And there were a lot of moves uh, made in the final hour, hours, right down to the minute before they uh, submitted that final roster to the NFL ahead of the 4 p.m. deadline. Um, They reworked one contract. They made a pair of trades, but neither was the highly anticipated and speculated trade for Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. He's remaining in Indianapolis for the time being. Uh, We're going to get to that. We got to start with uh, a lot of major moves that were made in Miami Gardens not too long ago. Just got back uh, from speaking to Mike McDaniel, a couple players. They had practice earlier. Um, And again, the initial 53-man roster is set, and I keep on emphasizing initial um, because uh, there's still going to be a lot of moves to be made uh, in the next couple of days before the season kicks off for real against Los Angeles Chargers on September 10th. Got a couple guys that need to be placed on IR, uh, a couple guys who, uh, you know, might be brought back, you know, just as temporary uh, cuts. Um, But again, the major two or the major three moves, I would say, is first, the Dolphins officially parting ways with 2020 first round pick uh, Noah Igbenogany. Um, Now, he didn't play much. He, you know, was really more of a disappointment his first couple of years, but it looked like he may have been kind of turning the corner uh, this summer. He had a pretty good training camp. He looked like he was in a better fit scheme wise with Vic Bangio. He was one of those guys who was competing to replace Jalen Ramsey, who's going to be out till about December with his knee injury. Uh, But ultimately they traded him for 2021 second round pick Kelvin Joseph, who himself hasn't played that much with the Cowboys, Um, but he has a little more versatility. He's played special teams. Uh, They essentially do a swap for swap. They save a little bit of money. And they get a guy uh, who may be able to contribute on game days. Uh, Your disappointment for our for their dis for our disappointment, you know. Yeah, I mean, let's 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 see if a new let's see if you know the the new clothes make make the better man in in each case. Swap for swap, and you know we'll see what we can do with that. Um, So yeah, that was an interesting move right there. We didn't see Noah uh, again. The team held practice at about two p.m. There were a couple guys who were practicing. No, again, we've been seeing ninety guys at practice for the past month. So, you know, they have one uh one roster cut down uh roster cut down date instead of, you know, three that they've had before. Um so there were about 35, 40 guys at practice. One because they cut a lot of guys in the past two days. Second, um just because of the nature of the injury that they have. So many guys are out. So we didn't see Noah um start to get a little skeptical like what's going on? Is he hurt? Is he cut? I mean that that's the first inclination. And later on the news uh came out that he was being traded. The second trade uh, was materialized uh, to, or excuse me, Monday night with the Dolphins sending uh, offensive lineman Dan Feeney to 
the uh, Chicago Bears for a 2024 uh, six-round pick. Um, Feeney was signed from the New York Jets to a one-year deal. Um, he was kind of projected to be in the running for, you know, the left guard spot, uh, but that never materialized. He was kind of the backup center. Uh, but now they send him off. Um, you know, they take a little bit of a, of a dead cap hit, but they get a late-round pick for a guy who clearly wasn't in their plans. Um, and then kind of wrapping up the transactions for today, um, they reworked Cedric Wilson Jr.'s contract. The wide receiver was a highly um, speculated trade uh, target throughout the offseason after not really playing much in his first season in Miami. Um, he said that he wanted to be in Miami. General manager Chris Greer said that he wanted to do right by him. Um, ultimately, I guess they did right by both sides because they slashed part of that contract. They got rid of the 2024 season. Uh, they lowered his, uh, his, uh, his salary in 2023 and they added some incentives. So if he does become a bigger part of the offense, he can get some of that money back. So those were the three kind of major transactions. Obviously they had a wave of a second wave of cuts and we're going to get into that. Um, but yeah, a lot going on today. And again, this is just the beginning. There's still going to be some tinkering with the roster. Um, as we kind of get into that, what stood out to me on this initial roster um, was again, I kind of anticipated that there would be a lot of movement. I didn't anticipate some of these trades and whatnot. Um, but the very nature of the Dolphins roster and some of these injuries, these major injuries that they're dealing with kind of made, uh, you know, it kind of made the the roster kind of wonky. You know, there's four guys right now that look like they're going to be placed on IR and knocked out for at least the first month and definitely longer. You got Jalen Ramsey, as you mentioned before, he's got the meniscus injury. He's out for a while. Elijah Campbell, the defensive back, just got hurt uh, in the preseason finale. It sounds like he's going to be out for a while with a chance to return later. And then you've got Rob Jones, the offensive lineman, uh, as well as I'm blanking on the last person um, right now. Um, well, there were a couple of guys that were projected that might be uh, on IR, but they got cut. But those three guys are definitely going on IR. So um, just the way the kind of roster machinations and the rules play out is that you have to keep them on the initial 53-man roster. And then the day after where you can place them on IR, and then that makes them eligible to return. If you don't do that, uh, if you place them on IR before the 53-man roster cut down, they're out for the year. We saw that with Keon Crossan and tight end Eric Sauber. Those guys are out for the year, barring an injury settlement. So you have some kind of weird roster configurations where the Dolphins keep five running backs. They've got Miles, they got the well, they cut Miles Gaskin and they kept Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Savan Ahmed, um, Devon A. Chain, the rookie, and Chris Brooks, the undrafted rookie, who had a really good preseason and a really good training camp. He scored three times in the preseason. He's a hard runner. But then you have some spots where there's no depth at all. They keep two tight ends, and one of them being an undrafted rookie in Julian Hill. Um, you go to defensive line where they have five guys, um, but they really don't have much depth outside of Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, uh, uh, Emmanuel Agba, and um, and Christian and Raekwon Davis. And Agba isn't really a defensive lineman now; he's a linebacker. You know, they kept Brandon Peely as an undrafted rookie, but. You know, they really don't have a lot of depth there. I think that's a spot that they could uh, be, uh, you know, looking for some additions. And then you look at defensive back where, you know, they got rid of Igbenogany and they got Kelvin Joseph. Um, but like, what are you going to do at cornerback? You know, 
there was nobody that really distinguished themselves at corner, um, you know, in terms of replacing Ramsey. You know, we got Cater Kohu and Xavier Howard, but the third safety, I'm excuse me, the third cornerback never really materialized. So is it going to be Eli Apple, who they added, you know, a week in a training camp? Is it going to be the rookie Cam Smith who got beat on a deep pass in the preseason game? Um, there's still some questions with this roster. And, you know, I think the Dolphins recognize that as well. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. We just talked to Mike McDaniel, you know, about two hours, three hours ago before we're recording this. We're going to talk to Chris Greer on Wednesday. Uh, you know, this roster is still in flux, I would say. Oh, yeah. It's a, it, but, I mean, the NFL does a great job of creating events, okay? They're, they're great at that. And they've made the draft into just this monster event, right? Everything now at the NFL is a monster event. And this day, it, it's, you know, cer- certainly it's a – you know, it's kind of a landmark day. It's a, but it's a it's a signpost. Okay, you have your fit. You get down to the fifty three, and then everybody starts looking at who everybody else. You got the waiver claim coming up. You know, tomorrow. Right. right. You know, and then you, it, you know, this is okay. This is the fifty three for today. Yeah, and that's then, why everyone's saying initial. Even the Dolphins tweeted out, "This is our initial initial fifty right. and, and then, But you know, the NFL, it's it's you know they've created the event, and so here we are on Tuesday. We're watching, you know, and you know they did. The, it, I think it's smart that they you know eliminated those stages of cuts. Like, okay, let's you know. We'll give you one real deadline. I don't back. know, man. It makes it was kind of a hectic. I kind of wish they did the three cuts because I was scrambling the, right as McDaniel was talking but, trying to see who they cut, who they kept. It was all over the place. Ah, see, they, this is this is again creating an event. It's creating the event day, and the NFL is great at that. Um, so, yeah, they, I mean, there's the the Dolphins lost looks funky in some places, but you also know they're you know. They, they, you know, very rarely do they make any just an incredible, you know, do something and we and we see something and they don't see it. Also, they they see it. They know they know what they're doing. Um, they have some semblance of knowing what they're doing at least. And so, there's they're probably sitting there going, okay, you know, this is what we this is what we have, but we've got our eyes on a few different situations that you know we're going to see how they play out to fill out the roster and by the time the season starts the roster is going to look a little more you know you know within the bell curve and with with a couple t- touches of funkiness yeah they're probably not going to have you know some teams are going to have like you know 17 tight ends you know the dolphins maybe have like three so but it, it's going to look a little more symmetrical as like nfl symmetrical yeah, it's, it's, it's all said and done. It's it's yeah. but yeah, so it's but it's you know, again, it's something fun to talk about for to, today, and we can sit here and kick back, okay, why did they keep you know X guy or Y guy? And yeah, you know, I mean it, it seemed like it really did it really did seem that like you know they came again, we were watching practice at two. Um again, they were guys who had made the roster and were not practicing, guys who didn't make the roster and were practicing. So that just tells you how it can. I mean, just just give just to give you an example. I mean, our own Barry Jackson reported that Verone McKinley was told that he was being released, and then with the hope of being re-signed to the fifty-three after some you know post cut down day shuffling. Um, so that was the expectation. 
and, you know, the roster comes out and you don't see his name among the cuts. And it turns out that, you know, they work some stuff around and they decide, hey, we're going to keep you. So um, that just kind of speaks to how fluid this is. Um, again, there's a there's a lot of different various roster rules that take place, like for um like for the vested veterans who have four years or more in the NFL, those guys are cut and they don't have to go through waivers. They, you know, they, they, they can't be claimed by another team. They're free to sign with anybody. So, you know, you have some, some of these veteran cuts like linebacker Malik Reed, defensive lineman Deshaun Hand, um, maybe even wide receiver Robbie Chosen, who wasn't really a surprise to me as a cut, uh, may have been to others, but wasn't really to me. Um, you know, what, any one of those guys are free to sign with any team, including the Dolphins. So again, sometimes it may be like a wink, wink, you know, handshake agreement that, hey, we're going to cut you first. We're going to bring you back. And then also, you know, if you don't sign, if you wait till after week one to sign those veterans, um, they don't count. Their, their their salaries aren't guaranteed. So, again, there's a lot of mo- man, roster manipulation and stuff right, going right, on around right. this time of year because you want to keep your guys, make the best roster you can, but also, you know, stay cap compliant as well. So again, you know, between yeah, now that, and yeah, that that you know, you know, the one-on-one discussions or prior discussion with the with the agent or with the player, that happens a lot. You know, yeah. that that happens a lot. The okay, look, you know, we really want you. We really should so just you know, you know, just we're, we're yes, we're we're you know cutting you now, but you're not really unemployed. Yeah, <laughs> you're not you're not really fired. You know, don't don't pack your desk just yet. You know, or you know, if you pack if you pack it, keep keep the box by the door. You'll, like, you'll be back soon. Back <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, McDaniel said, "Hey, I think I think sometimes it's kind of lip service. It's kind of coach people." McDaniel did say, "Hey, we have way more." And we have way more players that deserve to be on the roster than we have NFL spots. And again, I think that just the fluidity of the roster in the next 24, 48 hours will kind of speak to that. So again, initial 53 man roster, we'll see what they do with waivers. We'll see what they do with the practice squad and a lot of those guys on the practice squad end up playing and they end up on a 53 in a couple of weeks as well. So a lot, a lot of fluidity with this roster. Um, The other thing I want to touch on before we get to a short break, um, the highly speculated uh, potential trade for Indianapolis Colts running back Jonathan Taylor did not materialize he was not traded to any team he remains an Indianapolis Colt but he's going to start the year on the reserve physically unable to perform list um, he's been there throughout training camp and throughout the summer um, again the Dolphins were uh, they, they were engaged in trade talks with uh, the Colts it seemed like the Colts wanted a first round pick or they wanted a package of picks that were uh, equivalent to that um, ultimately, the Dolphins don't make that trade. They've been linked to a lot of running backs uh, throughout this offseason, throughout the past couple months. We know about Dalvin Cook and how he ended up with the Jets. Um, but for now, they're going with their group, the group that they've, you know, said very positive things about, but have also looked to find an upgrade in the room. And, um, you know, uh, did, you know did, you, did you notice that nobody else traded for Jonathan Taylor either? <laughs> well, it seemed like it seemed like, it seemed like the coach wanted to ransom. It, so, well, yeah, I mean, the the, the and as the Colts should try to get, you know, should hold out for their best best deal. If they think there's several teams with interest, you know, why not? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there was. It seemed like there was a. It was reported that there was a Tuesday deadline. Like pretty much, they wanted to get it. They wanted to get this resolved by the cut down day. But you know, as you know, former Herald reporter and current ESPN reporter Stephen Holder reported, the real deadline is you know in October when you get to the, the regular season trade. Deadline. Like that's the real yeah, deadline. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so this this is this is something that could kind of continually continue to percolate in the coming weeks and months. Um, as you know, maybe the Colts come down on their offer. Maybe a team is more willing to meet what the Colts want. Um, I, I would say this is this isn't this isn't over yet. But for now, you know, the Dolphins are, are you know, they I don't want to say they swung and they missed. Um, but, you know, they, they didn't reach the finish line and they're going to, you know, go with their current yeah. group right now. And, you know, of course, so everything depends on, you know, how the year starts. If the year starts well, um, you know, you know, if it ain't, you know, if it ain't broke, you know, don't trade to try and fix it. You know, make this make the smart trade of not trading. And if, you know, if it turns out that they look at their team they look at their group and they say, yeah, you know, what we need here is uh, you know, a higher level of running back to really make this work and work in a big way, well then you know, then they'll be back to Indianapolis with with a bigger dowry. Yeah, I mean they haven't I mean they 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 made a trade deadline deal last year for Bradley Chubb because they wanted to juice up the pass rush and they were willing yeah. to they were willing to make that deal and give him the they're able to make that trade and give him the contract that he wanted right afterward. Um, so, so, I mean, there, there were a lot, there were definitely a lot of moving parts to it. Um, you know, I, I know that as the Dolphins started to trade some guys and free up some cap space with Cedric Wilson, there was definitely a lot of kind of, you know, eyebrows raised. Like, what, what are they doing right there? They maybe freeing up some money. I, I didn't, I never really thought that they needed to free up this cap space to make a deal work. Um, you know, I've been saying, I, I don't, I, wouldn't have made that trade, especially if it cost, you know, the high price and the contract, because I think that this current group as constructed is good enough to complement. I'll say it's good enough to complement the passing game. And we saw in the preseason, it's just preseason, but we saw them run the ball with a lot of effectiveness. And it wasn't just like Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson didn't play at all. We saw Savan Ahmed run the ball well. We saw Chris Brooks, like, I don't, you know, the way injuries pan out in the NFL. I mean, Chris Brooks could be a guy that you end up relying on. And I'm not saying he's, uh, you know, completely ready to do that, but he looked good in the preseason as an undrafted rookie. You know, he definitely earned his spot on the 53. Um, I've been saying it a lot. I think that, you know, those that the running back position for this group, for this team specifically, and in the NFL, I, I would say for the Dolphin situation, it was definitely a luxury. You know, there's no doubt that they want to improve the running game. Um, but I think that they have the guys to do it. And I think early on, we're going to see um, if, you know, all that talk about improving the run game uh, was lip service or not. But I I'm of the belief that I think that we'll see a, a much improved uh, running game in 2023, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, upgrades or not. Yeah, I I think we'll see an improved running game because I think well, you know, as we've discussed before, I think they'll be more confident and stay with it. Um, yeah, yeah that's what it's really you know, about. It's about it's about the yeah. volume and the commitment and the actual production. Of right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're gonna ha- it, you NFL coaches. Uh, it's interesting that the better NFL coaches have a high degree, have a high like panic level. And most, or they have a high one compared to most NFL coaches, where the, the panic level starts real fast. Mm-hmm. You, know, you reach that level really quickly at like seven nothing, and you know, heaven forbid, you go down ten nothing, and you know, most NFL coaches are start. You know, they're wanting to fire everybody. They're you know, cutting people on sidelines. They're they're you know, they're barely holding it together, and. That's when you you see you see teams like abandon the run and oh my goodness we gotta throw to get you know catch up and you're like 
it's it's only the second quarter. <laughs> you 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 still have time to establish a running game. You still have time to make the running game a part of your offense, and you still have to you know, but you still have to stop stop them on the you know on the other side of the ball. It's it's not like that much has changed, um, but that's where I think you experience helps a coach is that that panic level moves up. Um, and I think that the panic level will be higher for Mike McDaniel this year. And that will lead, you know, that'll open things up and help the offense out overall. I mean, just the knowledge that sometimes it's just the knowledge that you will do something. You don't necessarily have to do it, but the knowledge that you might do it and you are willing to do it, that makes the defense adjust to that and opens up the other other possibilities. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said about, you know, for all of the improvements and the growth of the team and the players, a lot to be said about that for Mike McDaniel in year one, the lessons learned from that um, and, you know, kind of correcting those rookie rookie coach mistakes. So it's going to be interesting to see how he learns uh, from that 2022 season. All right. We're going to take a short break. But when we come back on the side of things, uh, the Dolphins over the weekend locked up one of their top 2024 free agents. Um, but you know, another top free agent is still searching for a new deal. We actually heard from both of them uh this afternoon. We're gonna talk about Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, uh, and what Sealer's new deal may mean for his good friend Wilkins. Uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, so stay locked with us. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins in that podcast, talking all things Dolphins with David Neal. Now, in the first half, we talked about the Dolphins' uh, initial 53-man roster, the various moves they made and the moves that they didn't make make for Jonathan Taylor, who remains in Indianapolis Colt. Um, But there was some news over the weekend after the preseason finale. uh, Zach Sealer, defensive lineman, agreeing to a new three-year contract extension with the Dolphins. It takes him and keeps him in Miami through 2026. Uh, congratulations to Zach, who uh, was really one of the team's, you know, best undrafted or best waiver wire finds. I was actually in Baltimore covering the Ravens when he was released. I remember writing the story when the team released Zach Sealer in the middle of the year. He was picked up by the Dolphins, uh, latched on with them, has been an uh, integral part of that defensive line. He had his best year to date last year, and now he was rewarded with a new contract. So congrats to him. We spoke to him uh, a couple of hours ago about the new deal, and he just said it's a blessing. You know, he didn't know what was going to happen after he was uh, released from Baltimore because I was a young, late uh, 
uh, late round draft pick. You just don't know. Um, but he had an opportunity with, in Miami. He made the most of it, and now he's in, uh, he's going to remain a Dolphin for the next three years. Now, while they locked up uh, one member of that defensive line, another member of the group is still looking for a contract. And I'm talking about Christian Wilkins. Uh, now, the 2019 first round pick um, reported to training camp, you know, amid that search for a new deal. He participated in practice fully for about the first two weeks. Um, but as of August 5th, he stopped participating in team drills. Mike McDaniel later explained that this is essentially a hold in him not participating in practice uh, to kind of dispute his contract. Wait it out as that gets resolved. Um, to date, the Dolphins and his representation representation have not agreed to a new deal. Um, but he spoke for the first time since August 5th today, and he said his focus is on week one and being the best teammate he can be. So it's a little bit of a reversal. Um, obviously, you know, we're getting closer to the regular season. There was a lot of questions about whether his holding is going to extend into the regular season. It appears that it is not now, um, but he still doesn't have the deal. And there's been some uh, there's some reporting after the fact. Um, that, uh, you know, there's some, there's a bit of, you know, disagreement on the exact guarantee structure of that deal. Now, we know that he's one of the better defensive tackles in the NFL and elite run stuffer. Um, the sack numbers have not been, uh, you know, up there with some of uh, the top defensive tackles that have gotten these 20 million plus a year deals in the past few months. Um, so there still is some work to be done on that front. Um, and, you know, just naturally with the team signing Steeler, there's a lot of questions about, you know, could this be Wilkins' last year in Miami? He said he wants to remain in Miami. Um, he said he didn't request the trade. There was reports that some team, teams talked about or called about trading for him. Naturally, you know, it's understandable. But it looks like he's going to stay in Miami. I think the question is twofold. Will, or maybe it might be threefold. It's will, how does this sealer contract impact Wilkins' status? Because the Dolphins were already $30 million over the cap before they signed Zach Sealer. So this new deal, I mean, it's three years up to $38 million. Um, that's only going to add to the deficit in 2024 so how does that impact wilkins and it's should they shelf or shell out the money that makes him you know maybe a top five for a defensive tackle because i think that there's a fundamental question here the fundamental question is what is the price for an elite run stuffing defensive tackle who doesn't maybe impact the passing game in a passing league as much as his counterpart i think that's that's the question right there. I, I think he doesn't impact it as much as mate is like an Aaron Donald, but I, but I think he he impact he he has an impact in the passing game, even if he doesn't get sacks. Right? Yeah. Um, and first, I think you know, pay the man, as you know, to quote Richard Pryor, you know, pay the man. I mean, he said he said, hey, I feel like I've done enough to get a new deal. He, he you know, he and. I and, and you know his look the the hold in he's this is this is like the most lightweight this is like the most lightweight works you know work slow down there is okay it's like okay i'm gonna be here i'm gonna do all this stuff but this one thing over here i'm, I'm not doing that i'm not doing that until you give me the money i mean uh you know that's that, that's pretty that's pretty light that's not exactly 
you know, not exactly John V. Lewis stuff there. I mean, I so, will say, I will say though, he didn't play in the preseason finale, and as well as Zach Sealer, and we saw them get gashed on the on the ground. Like Jacksonville was having their way, and it's funny because I tweeted, I said, "Hey, the agents for Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins, they smiling right now." And I think <laughs> Jerome's house was smiling because the next morning they got the deal done. Obviously, Christian Wilkins didn't get it, but that that shows the value of him. I mean, it's just right. what you saw the value there. And I think you know, I think also obviously he's a well liked guy. He brings a he's certain a team leader, brings a certain energy. Yep, yep. Uh to the to the defense and to the team. So, you know, find the that. question the, the question find is, a happy medium. But this, is the, happy but find, this is the question. This is the question though, because we're being practical. We're being practical. The thirty million dollars over the over the over the salary already over the salary cap. There are thirty million dollars over. They just paid Zach Sealer a deal that, you know, on its based on its, you know, without the incentives, is going to pay him about $10 million a year. That's actually that's actually a very nice deal for the Dolphins, honestly. Because if you look at the deeper stats, I mean, he's one of the most efficient defensive tackles in the NFL with Sealer. So the question is, is there enough money in place? And is it practical to now pay Sealer, I mean, to pay Wilkins a deal that, I mean, let's be frank, it's, it's got to be at least $20 million. That's probably going to be yeah. upwards of $20 million. Well, if it again, let's assume the Dolphins like have some sense here and realize it's it is more important to pay Christian Wilkins than it is to pay Zach Sealer. And it seemed and it seemed like it seemed like they were engaged by the report. It seemed like they were engaged with Wilkins for several months. And according to NFL Network, the wording was once they couldn't finish it, that that's when they moved to Sealer and they were able to get it done. So it seems like they definitely have been trying on, yep. on that on that front. Right. Okay. And I think it's also, you know, I think you also have to look at, okay, is it, it's, I think it's important to pay Christian Wilkins and then, and Christian Wilkins relative importance to other people that have you way over the cap and what you can do with their money or, or them. And, um, Boy, I mean, it's it's very interesting because, again, um, we, we've talked about it several months ago that the const- the construction of this current this current iteration, this team with these core guys. Some people have said they have two years left before they were really have to make some tough decisions. It feels like they got one year before one. they got to make some tough decisions. <laughs> like, I mean, again, you're thirty million dollars over the cap. You haven't paid two yet. You got obviously you, you signed. Christian Wilkins, I mean, excuse me, Zach Steeler, you got him locked up, but there's still center Connor Williams. You got offensive lineman Robert Hunt. There's still some guys, some key guys that they have to lock up, and they're not going to be, I don't think, nearly as much as Christian Wilkins will, will cost for that deal. But, again, it starts to add up. And when you're already $3 million over the cap, truthfully, their only two options are to do what they were doing the past two years, which is restructure some of the deals push the money down the line. I don't know how many years or how many times the Dolphins would like to do that. Cause again, right. I don't know. I don't know if you can touch Teron Armstead's contract with his injury history. I don't know if you can touch, you know, some of these contracts with guys that are getting up there in age, because, you know, if they fall off, you're still on the hook for the money and they're not on the roster. I don't know how many times you want to do that. So it's either that a lot of dead money or yeah. So it's either that, or you, I mean, there's a couple of guys who don't have guaranteed money next year. So you, part ways with them, but then you're kind of gutting the roster a little bit, and then you still have to replace those guys as well. So, I mean, I'm very interested to talk to Chris Greer Wednesday afternoon. I don't know how much he'll say, but uh, I mean, he's, I mean, hey, 
They're the Dolphins. They're they're way more cap smart than me. They know that they have some stuff that they got to take care of. It's going to be very interesting to see how they do that because again, I think everyone would love to see Christian Wilkins stay in Miami for the next three, four, or five years. They look to see him retire as a Dolphin. Um, but there's some practical questions to ask about how at at this point now signing him, how does that impact impact the future moves that you're able to make um in the the construction and the iteration of this roster in the next one to two years? Because again, um it looks like there's gonna be some hard decisions that they gotta make in order to remain under the cap and also be in a position to still add to this roster. And nope, they're we're still talking about Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, we already know that if you trade for him, you gotta give him a new deal as well. Give them, so then that's another strike, right? That's obviously another strike kind of against that that deal is that you got guys here you you got to look at paying on and core guys that are already here already you know I could already you got some guys coming up too you got obviously this is a, maybe two years down the line but you got Waddle Holland Javon Holland's eligible Jalen Phillips yeah. is eligible Tua might be getting a new deal next year if he stays healthy and does his thing um you know I don't yeah. I think that in a perfect so, world they love to keep all of them but this is kind of like it's funny for so many years, like in Baltimore, like when I covered the Ravens, um, it was like every year there was one guy who outperformed his contract and outpriced himself from his current team, from the Ravens, and he signed somewhere else. And it it, it sucked, but it was also kind of like a badge of honor because it said that, you know, you were developing guys the right way, drafting the right guy, uh, drafting the right guy. Um, you know, you can't keep everybody. And right. I think that I was thinking about the other day. I think that everyone kind of understood that the current iteration of this team wasn't going to be able to stay together for like the long term. Like there was going to be, you know, like the money was going to run out somewhere, but I don't think that anybody anticipated that it might be Christian Wilkins. And we still don't know what's going on. He, he didn't say much about the state of the contract, but the more this drags on, the more you think, Hey, is this something where, you know, they might not be able to reach a point of agreement and, you know, they have mechanisms to keep them around. They get the franchise tag, the following off season, but then you got to commit $20 million to your cap in one year. And I don't know if the Dolphins are in a position to do that. Yeah. And I decide, I just think you have to look, you have to look at the, at the, you know, the downside of not signing him. And also what does that say to your team yeah. on a couple different levels, as far as just the quality of player he is, uh, the type of person he is in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the fact that he's, you know, he's drafted here, you know, he, he wants to be here. He wants to, you know, he's part of, you know, he's already part, kind of part of the community. So, and then again, you know, just like that, he's, extremely good player yeah and that's not truthfully truthfully outside of ramsey outside of ramsey if you said christian wilkins was their best defensive player i don't know i don't think you you get a lot of objections and are we talking are we are we talking recent ramsey are we talking rep ramsey that's true yeah i'm just i'm just saying obviously he's injured right now so i'm kind of taking well yeah injured too and he's and he's you know he, he, he his last, last year. not coming off his be- best, you know, not coming off his best year. year but so. if you say like top three, top four Dolphins players, I mean, Wilkins, yeah. you make an argument. He's two or three. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely I mean, he's the leader. I mean, he's that's what he's referred to, uh, the leader of the defense. So and that, that, and that'd be that'd be tough to not keep a guy around like that. He's done. Like, he's done things the right way. He's gone about it the right way. Right. And he said, hey, I, I he's like, I believe in 
doing right by the football guys, and then they do right by you. Um, so it is. I'm, I'm sure it is kind of tough for him right now. You know, it's for all of his counterparts. Uh, you know, a lot of his draft mates to get these new deals, these new this guaranteed, uh, you know, generational wealth. And it's like, hey, I'm here. I've improved every season. I can't get it. So it's tough. Uh, and I think it'd be tough for the Dolphins not to bring a guy like that back. But I'm, I'm a little skeptical, and I'm very curious to see how they make it work. I I think they're going to figure out a way to they'll figure out a way to sign him. They'll they'll figure out a way to reach an agreement. Now, could that agreement mean that, you know, somebody else, they just say, hey, don't have it. Yeah. You know, somebody else. Could, and somebody who is a little more replaceable, doesn't have as much value as, as well. Right. As, yeah. As, I mean, that's, most, that's very much well. Value in many ways as Wilkins does. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the decisions that are, you know, made all the time in the NFL. So, but yeah, I would I definitely think you may hey, just pony it up and yeah, you make you it work. Know, re, re, yeah. Yeah. Re, you know, re, reach a middle ground for Pete's sake. You know, we're, we're, yes, I know we're talking millions here, but it's, you know, it, come on. Check, make it work. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. You said he was going to be ready to go for week one. Uh, and I, I'm sure. I'm sure he will be, and I'm sure I'm sure you'd like to just get this done because I mean, you know, you want the contract done as soon as possible. Because yeah, you could, you know, every play could be your last, and suddenly, you know, you get you get chop blocked in week three. You know, his value could su- could suddenly go through. You know, he could suddenly be Enron stock, and you know, then you're going man. It's a be tough break, but that happens, and so yeah, that's why he's trying to get it, get his money now. I mean, he'll yeah. try to get it as soon as you can. So yeah, it makes sense. I mean, and, and he's doing it the right way. Like he's, he's doing it right way. He's just it's like he's there. He's practicing. He's part of the team and everything. He's not you know he's not sitting at home you know feet up you know eating Cool Ranch Doritos and you know doing his own personal workouts. No, he's he's there with the team. He just okay. This one thing, I'm not doing that. Nah, nah, nah. And, and everybody can see I'm not doing it. So, you know, yeah. I mean, he's remained with the team. He's remained active, vocal. Um, you know, he said great things about you know Sealer. I mean, they've been like locked, you know, at the hip, you know, since Sealer came over in 2019. And he said, hey, he said I'm about as happy. I'm probably happier than I am for him than I would be for myself. You know, I just talked that's just speaks to their friendship. Um, so he was definitely a good sport. And um, you know, you could tell that um even though you know he's still in the middle of his contract negotiations, um, you know, he said he was obviously very uh um you know happy for Sealer. So that, that that was that was cool to see him you know, and him speaking to us for the first time in a couple of weeks. Um again, he's set to play the final year of his rookie contract, um, 10.7 million dollars. Uh, we'll see if they can agree to anything before week one kicks off in just about two weeks. All right, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Reminder to subscribe to the Miami Hero YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Hero. We've got a ton of content out this week. A lot of it. A lot addition, of content. In addition to uh, the 53-man roster cuts, the various transactions the Dolphins made, we've been uh, rolling out our Dolphins football preview uh, this week. Um, I've got a story detailing to his jujitsu training, um, the benefits of it. Jordan McPherson wrote a great uh, feature on Jalen Phillips, how this could be a potentially breakout year. Uh, we've got game-by-game predictions, so y'all can yell at me because I didn't give the Dolphins enough wins. I'm breaking the Dolphins roster. 
David's gonna have some capsules. Oh, I got the, uh, I got the NFL out. capsules. Yeah. We got we, we got it all in. We're talking yeah. to uh, Chris Greer as well on Wednesday. Um, so we're gonna have a ton of content for you in the lead up to week one. Uh, the Dolphins are practicing. They practice today. They're practicing Wednesday and Thursday. Then they're off for the next uh, for the rest of the week. They come back on Monday and then. Uh, we're really kicking it into high gear for the start of week one. The NFL season is just around the corner, uh, and we're going to have uh, a fun time covering the Dolphins and seeing where they go. So definitely start, uh, stay tuned and stay locked to the Miami Herald for your latest Dolphins updates. We'll be back next week to talk uh, some more Dolphins football and preview week one. We finally get to talk about some real football. Uh, but until yeah. then, you guys take care, and we'll see you soon. See you. Later.